Thank you. Wow, what a great day to worship the Lord here at Second Baptist Church. Finding your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11. I began a series on Easter Sunday entitled Foolish and said the Christian faith oftentimes is considered foolish by people who don't understand the Bible and don't believe in Jesus. And so we asked a few questions. Beginning on Easter, I asked this question, can a dead man really live again? And that really is the crux of our faith. The cross, Jesus Christ purchased our redemption, and the resurrection is proof that the purchase price was accepted by God. Can a dead man really live again? And then last week, we asked a question, can one man really save everyone? And we said the death of Christ on the cross proves that God loves you, every individual on the face of the earth, and that Jesus died for you, and you can be saved. Today, I want to ask this question. How can I believe in a God I can't see? How can I believe in a God I can't see? We'll look at Hebrews chapter 11. It's a chapter famous for the people of faith listed within its pages. But today we'll ask this question, how can I believe in a God I can't see? Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3 and verse 6. Let's begin reading the Word of God. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. Now Hebrews 11, verse 6. And without faith it is impossible to please Him, to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Join me in prayer, remembering the powers in the perfect word of God. Lord, today, would you speak to our hearts? Would you speak in this service? And would you speak through your word? Holy Spirit of God, would you have access and freedom in our lives and in our hearts today? And would you do a great work through your word? In Jesus' name, amen. How can I believe in a God I can't see? How can I believe in something that I can't touch or, or feel or see? Uh, maybe you've asked this question or you've heard somebody ask this question and Sometimes it goes like this, if, if God wants us to believe in Him, then He should make Himself visible so that we can see with our eyes and touch with our hands and hear with our ears. If God wants us to believe in Him, He should, he should make it known. Why does God put us in a position where faith is so incredibly valuable and sight is minimized? Couldn't God answer all of these questions for us if He just appeared in a vision or a sign or maybe wrote it across the sky? What's so great about faith that God values faith over obvious revelation of Himself? So what if God just wrote it in the sky for us and, and said, hey, I'm God, Jesus is my Son, believe in Him and you'll be saved? Why doesn't God do that? Why doesn't he appear and, and perform miracles and, and, and that way we could see and, and we could believe? Is that what would convince us that God is really real? But better yet, what if, if he came down, Jesus Christ came and started preaching and teaching and healing and raising the dead that we could see with our own eyes? Do, do you think that we would believe? So, so we really think then... That when we see with our eyes, we believe. So should you believe everything that you see with your eyes? And should you not believe anything you can't see? Think about it like that. If we say that we believe in something we see, is it always real? And if we say we can't believe in something we don't see, does that mean it's not real? I, I, I know that's confusing, but let me give you an example. 
The next time you're driving down a hot asphalt road in the middle of the summer on some back back road Georgia highway, and you see off in the distance water on the road, next time I want you just to stop and I want you to take a drink. But what you'll discover is what you're seeing with your eyes is not really there. It's a mirage. It doesn't even exist. And so, so every time we see something with our eyes, it doesn't mean we can believe what we're seeing. Beyond that, right now in this moment, at this time, there are forces at work in our lives, in our church, on this planet that we cannot see. Every one of us is affected by gravity. Every single person here. Everyone on this planet is affected by gravity. But have you ever seen gravity? You've not seen gravity. You just know it's there because here you are standing on the ground. You're not floating in the air. Gravity exists because, not because we see it, but because we feel the effects. Right now, even as I speak, there are television waves in this room. Did you know that? Right now there are cops and robbers and cowboys and Indians and soap operas and newscasters and ball and all kinds of stuff. You say, wait a second, I can't see that. You can't see it because you're not picking it up on an antenna and putting it through to a television screen. Radio waves are the same thing. You drive in your car, you turn the radio on, you can't see the radio waves, but you know they're there because when you have the antenna, you can receive the signal. So I want us to be careful not to think just because we see something, then we believe. Or if we can't see, it doesn't exist. So so let's say that Jesus did come and, and do all these great works, or God wrote something for us in the sky. And we begin to say, I know that God is real. Here's how I know. Because he wrote it in the sky, and I saw it. And then someone would say, you have lost your marbles. You're crazy. Maybe somebody spiked your orange juice or you had moldy cheese or something. But everyone would say you're crazy. You'd say, maybe I am crazy. And you know what you'd want? You'd want another miracle. You'd want another miracle. You'd want another miracle to prove that Jesus really is who he says he is and that God is real. And so, in fact, Jesus did come, live a perfect life. He performed all sorts of miracles. He did all sorts of wonderful things. And what did they do? They crucified him. So the world will tell you that seeing is believing. That's what the world says. But I want you to know this morning, through faith, believing is seeing. And there's a difference. The world will tell you that in order for me to believe, I have to see. And God says, in order for you to see through the eyes of faith, you have to believe. That's a very, very distinct difference. Let's dive into Hebrews 11, and we'll see several ideas about faith. First of all, we notice what faith is is right there in verse 1. What faith is? How can I believe in a God I can't see? The simple answer is faith. How can I believe in a God I can't see? Simple answer, faith. But that doesn't mean the sermon's over. It's not time to pack up and leave, okay? We're going to learn more about this. But the simple answer is faith. What is faith? What does it mean? How do I exercise faith? What does faith accomplish in my life? And verse 1 of Hebrews 11 is one of the most powerful verses regarding faith in the entire Bible. In fact, this is the greatest description in Scripture of what faith really is. What faith is. Read verse 1 with me. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Maybe your Bible says the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things unseen. What is faith. True Bible faith is not some blind optimism. 
Not some I hope or I wish or maybe. True Bible faith, listen to this definition. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Let me say that again. True Bible faith, listen now, is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. True faith means I'm going to obey the Lord. Two important words I want you to circle in your Bible. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence or conviction of things unseen. It's the evidence and the substance. It's the assurance and the conviction. So the word assurance literally means to stand under or to support. So literally, faith stands under our lives, holds us up, and supports us. That's the evidence, the assurance. One translation says substance and evidence. One says assurance and conviction. They mean the same thing. So really what this means is faith is the foundation. What the foundation is to the house, that's what faith is to our lives. It holds us up. It supports us. So you might say faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the confidence of things hoped for, the assurance. When a believer has faith, it's God's way of giving him confidence and assurance that what God has promised will come to pass. The the word conviction simply means an inward persuasion that God performs what he promised. How do I know that God keeps his word and his promises? I know because God is good and I have faith and believe in him. Faith is the firm ground upon which we stand. One commentator says, faith is the present essence of a future reality. Believing something is so even before it is so in my life, and I believe that through faith. Those that don't know Christ, those that refuse to believe in God, don't understand biblical faith. It doesn't make sense. It seems incredibly foolish to believe in a God that they can't see. The cynical editor H.L. Mencken defined faith as this way. Faith is illogical belief in the occurrence of the impossible. That's what he said. The illogical belief in the occurrence of the impossible. The world fails to realize that faith is only as good as its object. Faith is not some feeling that we manufacture. It is our total response trusting God and believing what he said in his word. You know you believe in things you can't see all the time. You have faith and operate in the realm of faith all the time. I didn't see anyone when they were preparing to sit down in their seat, turn around and make sure that it was going to hold them. You have faith. Every time you sit in a chair, every time you flip a light switch, every time you turn the engine, turn the key to crank the engine of your car, it's faith. Believing something is going to happen through the action or through what you do to make sure that it happens. And that's very similar to faith. So the question that we have to ask this morning is, do I have faith in God? If I say, maybe I've used the excuse before, I can't believe that God exists. I've never seen him. I've never felt him. I've never heard him with my ears. You believe in all sorts of things. Do you believe in God? Do you have faith in God? Because that kind of faith changes your life. That kind of faith transforms you from the inside out. What faith is, secondly, notice what faith does. We see this in verses two through three. Many of you know, but Hebrews 11 
is a famous chapter in the Bible. It's called the Hall of Fame of Faith. It lists so many faithful believers listed in the Old Testament and begins to remind us of their stories over and over. In fact, right here between verses 2 and 3 and 6, it's talking about Abel and it's talking about Enoch. It's talking about faithful people who followed the Lord. But this chapter shows us how God honors faith. And these next two verses, verse 2 and 3, show us what faith does. What does faith accomplish in my life? I want you to understand, faith is not just a noun, faith is a verb. Faith is not just a noun, it's a verb. It's not just a concept, it's a reality. It's not just believing, it's obeying. If you say you believe in faith, but you're not willing to step out in obedience, then you don't really have faith. That's what the Bible says, faith always leads to to works. The Bible tells us that those who followed God in faith, look at verse 2, received their commendation. They received their reward. That's what the word commendation means. It means approval. It means acceptance. In other words, the way people are approved and accepted by God, do you know the way? There's one way. It's through faith. How am I to be approved and accepted in the presence of a holy God? Through my faith. That's what he says, by faith, those of old received their commendation. They received their reward. We come to God on his terms through faith. Not only does faith bring approval and acceptance before God, but if you look at verse 3, you'll understand. Faith helps us understand the Bible. Look at verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. Now, can I ask you a question? How many of you, when reading the Bible at one point or another came away and you said, I'm confused. I don't understand what the Bible just said. Anybody? Anybody? All right. There have been moments in all of our lives where we read a passage of Scripture or come to a text and we say, I don't understand what this meant. And so just because we don't understand it intellectually doesn't mean it's not true. Just because we can't grasp it with our minds doesn't mean it didn't happen or it's not real or there's not something that we can learn. And the Bible tells us here in Genesis, in Hebrews 11, what happened in Genesis 1. By faith, we understand the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. That's kind of hard to understand how God could speak and create out of nothing the universe that exists today. But faith allows us to understand the Word of God to the best of our human ability and then go beyond through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives as He works through our faith. You see, there are those who spend their lifetime accumulating human knowledge and degrees from universities, but the person that has faith in the Lord Jesus Christ has more knowledge and understanding than the greatest scholars and experts of this world. The writer of Hebrews makes it clear. Faith is a very practical thing. J. Oswald Sanders says, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as unseen. Faith allows us to operate in a realm that we can't operate on our own. How can I believe in a God that I can't see? I believe through faith. And the Bible says that faith then is the assurance and conviction of knowing something is real and true. Faith is not a wish or a want or a hope. It's a reality. An evangelist of many years ago told a story about two little boys he once visited 
at a London hospital. The cots were right there side by side. One boy had a dangerous fever. The other boy had been struck by a truck. His body was badly mangled. The second boy said to the first, Say, Willie, I was down at the church this past Sunday at the mission. I was in Sunday school and they told me about Jesus. And they told me that if if you believe in Jesus, he'll help you. If you believe in Jesus, he'll take you to heaven one day. And Willie looked at his friend and said, but what if, what if I'm asleep when Jesus comes to get me? I can't talk to him then. I can't ask him to take me to heaven. This little boy looked at his friend and said, here's what I need you to do. Just, just hold up your hand like that. Just hold up your hand. That's what we did in Sunday school. Just hold up your hand in faith. The little boy was so weak, he couldn't even lift his arm. So his friend got over there and put a pillow up underneath his arm and held his, held his arm up to the Lord. That night, Willie died. The little boy didn't make it. But when the nurse found him the next morning, his arm was still propped up, pointing to heaven. And I want you to know, we can be sure that the Lord saw that arm. He saw the faith of that little boy. And we can be sure that by faith, Willie, little Willie, saw his way to heaven. By faith, he saw and learned what we can never discover on our own. Faith is a simple step of obedience, a simple step of acting on what God says is true. It's opening my life, trusting in the Lord and believing what He said. God's greatest truths are discovered through simple faith. It's not the world's way, but it's God's way. His greatest truths and teachings are discovered through faith. Faith is the only way to God. Number three, notice this, what faith brings. What faith is, what faith does, what faith brings. What does faith accomplish in my life? How does faith get me from point A to point B? How does it get me from lost to saved, from darkness to light, from death to life? What does faith accomplish in my life? It doesn't just get us to heaven. It does something in our lives here and now. And the Bible tells us whoever, co- whoever would come to God must believe that he exists. We see that in verse 6. Whoever comes to God must believe that he exists. So what, what does that mean? If I just believe that God exists, then that means I'm going to heaven one day. Is that what it means? No. Because the reality is we will make a God of our own choosing and our own design. We don't necessarily want to believe in the God of the Bible, and so We'll make out our own gods in our own image. In fact, uh, J.B. Phillips in his book entitled Your God is Too Small lists several of the ones that we typically manufacture. First of all, he says one is the, the grand old man God. A grandfatherly, white-haired, indulgent God who smiles down on men and winks at, winks at their adultery, at their stealing, at their cheating, at their lying. And then there's the resident policeman God whose primary job is to make your life difficult and unenjoyable and If you're ever wrong, he blows the whistle and he disciplines you and corrects you. And then there's a God in the box, this private, exclusive, sectarian God that no one else can see or have or experience. And then there's the managing director God. He's the God of the deist. He's the God that just designed everything and then left it alone. And we're here to fend for ourselves. And he started the universe, but then backed away. But I want you to understand, all of those are an idolatrous substitute for the real God described in his word. And if we're going to come to God, we must believe that he exists, but we believe that he exists as revealed in his word. God has shown us his nature. He's shown us his character, and we believe and trust through faith. 
Believing in the one true God then is what's pleasing to him. So mere recognition of some deity of some type is not at all what he's asking for. It's not about believing in the man upstairs or the grandfather up in the sky, right? It's about believing in the God of the universe who's creator, who's sustainer, who's the judge, who's in charge and Lord of everything. And we find that through his word. Let's talk a couple of, couple of things real quick about what faith brings in our life. First of all, faith brings God glory. Faith brings God glory. And we see that right here in verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You see that? Faith brings God glory. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. And so the Bible says, let's listen to what the text says, and then pay attention to its implication. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So how do we please God? Through faith. That's the implication. What it says is you can't please God without faith, so the way to please God is through faith. Notice this now. I want you to see what the Bible says. It doesn't say without faith it's difficult to please God. Without faith, it's really hard to please God. Without faith, you've got to work a, a, lot, a lot more hours and go to church a whole lot more. And without faith, then you may be able to please God. No, he says without faith, it's absolutely impossible to please God. In other words, my works, all my religious effort, all my goodness, none of it matters if I am not operating in the realm of faith. Faith brings God glory. So when I operate in faith, I'm bringing honor and glory to the Lord, and I am pleasing to Him. And then I want you to notice what the Bible says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith brings God glory. Secondly, faith brings us good. It brings us good. This is exactly what the Bible says. Look at what verse 6 again. He rewards those who seek Him. And so faith then not only brings glory and honor to God, but it brings rewards to my life. I can't please Him apart from faith, but when I operate in faith, I bring glory to God, and it brings a reward to me. Those who come to God must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who seek Him. There there must be a conviction about the moral character of God. There must be a belief That God is who He says He is as revealed in His Word. And that God rewards those. And one translator says, here's what you need to understand about this verse. Here's what it means. It means that God exists and that God cares. That He cares. That He's a God who knows every detail of your life. Every in and out. Every up and down. Every rainy day and every day of sunshine. That God sees and knows and and cares about the moments of our lives. God sees, He exists, and He cares for you, and He cares for me. There's not a person on the planet right now that God doesn't know and that God doesn't care about. God sees and He cares. Without faith, that deep conviction of what God said is true, then What God has called us to do is an absolute impossibility. The only way to please God, the only way to bring Him glory is to operate in faith. And what does that mean? It means that there are moments when God will lead you in places that don't make sense, humanly speaking. 
You ever been there? You ever been in those moments where you know that God is speaking to your heart, through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, through other faithful folks, and He keeps bringing something to your mind over and over again? He keeps bringing something to your heart over and over again. You know He's leading you, and it just doesn't make sense. Listen, God is not required to operate based on common sense or human intellect. God operates in an entirely different realm. God operates in the realm of faith. And when we are willing to step out and trust God, even though we can't see the next step, it brings God glory and it brings us good. You see, the Bible says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know what that means. The lamp and the light would be right in front of the next step you're supposed to take. Now, we want a big spotlight to shine the entire road. But that's not the way God works. He shows you a step or maybe two at a time. And in the end, we'll look back and see the path that we've trod through faith and say, oh, I see what God was doing now, but we don't know it in the midst of it. And we've got to be willing to step when he says step. And we've got to be willing to obey when he says obey. And we've got to do what he asks and operate in faith. If you're not willing to walk by faith, don't expect to be rewarded for faith. How can I believe in something I can't see? The reality is we do that all the time. But one of the reasons we don't when it comes to God, it's not that we can't get there spiritually speaking. It is that intellectually or even in experience we don't want to believe because we know if we believe in faith, it means that my life must change. If God really is who he says he is, and I believe that in faith, then I can't keep living the way I used to live and doing the things that I used to do, going places that I used to go. It means serious ramifications for my life because I don't encounter God through faith and then remain unchanged. Tony Evans is probably the best there is at using analogies and illustrations. He says this, Regarding faith, he says, cement, in order to become concrete, must be mixed with sand and with water. If bags of cement in a store aren't mixed with sand and water, cement never becomes concrete. Water and sand must be mixed in to get something cementable. And he says this, in order for, for God to make your life concrete, you've got to learn to mix it. And you've got to learn to write things to mix in. You've got to take faith. That faith then is mixed with works that, that result from faith. And then watch God start to lay some concrete in your life. You see, you take the Word of God and you take that faith and belief in the Word of God. And then you act upon what you believe. And watch how God begins to bless your faith. Does it mean that everything works out like you want? Does it mean that there are never any problems? No, but it means that you get to know God on a level that is unspeakable and unimaginable. And that's that concrete assurance of faith that changes me because here's the reality. When I take one step in faith, not knowing where I'm going, but I step on solid ground as I'm following the Lord, it reminds me that He knows what He's doing better than me. And we need some people who are willing to take steps of faith. You say, well, you don't know what God's asking me to do. You don't know where he's asking me to go. I just know this. If he's asking you to do something, it's for his glory and your good. It might not feel good. 
And your present circumstances might not be good, but in the end, God works it out for good. That's the kind of God we serve. If you want to please him, you've got to believe that he is, that he exists. He rewards those who seek after him. Simple answer, how can I believe in a God I can't see? You believe through faith. That faith, not just some intellectual assent, check the box, I believe there's a God, I believe Jesus existed, but a reality that transforms me from the inside out, changes who I am and changes how I live. That's what faith, that's what true biblical faith is all about.